everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. She is the newly elected vice president of an organization that has been in existence since the 1960s, formerly known as Morality in Media, now called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation to more accurately reflect its scope and mission in leading the charge to expose and oppose sexual exploitation of all kinds. Pornography, sex trafficking, violence against women, child abuse, addiction, the list goes on. Would you welcome to testimony a joy indeed, and yes, new mom-to-be, Miss Dawn Hawkins. Dawn, welcome to Testimony. Thank you. Dawn, we first met in Nashville at a National Religious Broadcasters Convention where people of faith from around the world gather to advance the cause of Christ spiritually, culturally, and in every way. Your work with the NCSC seems no less the case. But before we get into all of this in part one of our two-part conversation today, can you just share with our audience, Don, a little of your own story? What motivated you as a young mother to take up such a monumental charge in confronting sexual exploitation wherever it is found? And then let's get to some of the alarming stats we are not hearing in mainstream media or in most churches, for that matter. Dawn, please tell us your story. Sure. Well, I didn't get started as a young mother, and I didn't plan to ever be this person leading the charge, but, oh, you're making me emotional already. I would say, though, that God just has different plans for you. Um, I lived in Europe. I lived in Germany for a year and then in Hungary for a year and a half. And in Hungary, particularly, I was doing mission work, and what I found was um, a lot of the girls, the young young girls my age who we were working with, they just had such low self-esteem, and um, they really felt like they had to portray themselves as objects. And as we dug deeper, I, I just saw that the culture in Europe was overwhelmingly pornographic, with pornography on the covers of every major newspaper, on billboards, kind of everywhere you look, on mainstream television and so when I when I returned to the States, I just felt this calling to um, try to stop America from becoming that way. And I just wanted to volunteer. I had my dream job offers. I was working in politics. But I kept thinking that God wanted me to do something on this issue. And I found um, Patrick Truman, who directs our organization now, he, um, he'd been involved at, at the U.S. Department of Justice for a long time in prosecuting pornography and child pornography cases and done a lot of work on trafficking and I begged him to let me help <laughs> and he he consented so I volunteered for two years and um, we we had a lot of success and built a pretty strong coalition of, of organizations from around the country and did a lot in Washington DC particularly uh, and and then I'll tell you that I <laughs> I quit. I told him I was quitting, and I was going to get married, and 
I had two really incredible job offers on the table, and so it just didn't fit into my life anymore to volunteer and carry the anti-porn fight on, and I thought mm-hmm. I put in my time. So when I told him I was done, he said he he wanted me to come and join the organization full-time and told me to pray about it, and I knew immediately. <laughs> You knew that that's what God had called you to specifically. You just could not let go. Oh, exactly. And, um, oh, didn't you look what you did to me? I don't tell this story, like, very often, but when, um, when that night I, you know, I called my, my husband, my, who was then my fiance, and told him, and, um, and he came over and, we talked about it, and we prayed about it, and it was just very clear what what I should do. And so I said no to those two dreams, two dream jobs, and I'm really grateful, I think, so that God gave me those opportunities. I, could, I saw them on the table, but now I can see clearly that I'm supposed to be here doing this work, so... Well, I am really touched by what you just shared, Don, and having met you in Nashville. I know you're about to have another child, I think the end of this month, so it is an emotional time and an exciting time for you as well. But clearly what I'm hearing you say also is that you laid down your dreams and your desires to pick up what you felt God wanted you to do. I heard a testimony today of a woman who did the same thing. We think that we know what God wants us to do in this life. We set out to do that. Man makes his plans, as the Word says, but God directs his steps. And I'm so happy to hear that you were obedient to that call because, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Don Hawkins, newly elected vice president of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. No small feat here. This is a huge job. From a spiritual standpoint, Don, I'm sure you have lots of opposition. We're going to get more into the details of exactly what you're up against and some of the victories you've been able to to obtain. Uh, I just personally applaud your efforts, and we want to get what you are doing into the ears of as many can come alongside and help as possible. So let me ask you, is it possible in our lifetime, in your view and in the organization's view, to unseat sexual immorality wherever it is Found And can you talk a little bit about what the National Center on Exploitation is doing to do just that? Well, most definitely, that's what we need to do. We need to make it so that sexual exploitation is not acceptable anywhere and in any form. And I think uh, we've been very successful. We've seen that many people around the country and organizations have, too. When they just speak up, um, I'll, I'll tell you one little story. I was flying on an airplane and um, a man in front of me happened to be watching pornography. It was just like, of all people to sit in front of, he sat in front of me. Wow. And um, and I, I said something to him. I said something to the flight attendant. I was told to shut up. I was told by, the, by another woman passenger on the airplane. I was told by the flight attendant there's nothing he could do. I just felt completely stifled. I felt so alone. I, that was the like a moment of incredible darkness, I would, I would say. But after the the whole um, after the flight, I made a YouTube video and 
just to share the experience with our supporters of that YouTube video. It it circulated, and many of the top uh, commercial airlines in the U.S. saw it, and we were able to connect with every commercial airline in the United States. And, and with just asking, just showing them that video and telling them the story, and just simply asking, all of the airlines except for American changed their policies to prohibit viewing pornography and to train, better train their flight attendants. And what, what we're finding is that oftentimes if we just simply ask, we can make a difference in, in opposing sexual exploitation in all its forms. Um, we have, as an organization, we really focus on trying to change public policy, both on a government level, but also on a corporate level, and those policies that facilitate or foster sexual exploitation. And um, We have a, a list that's called the Dirty Dozen List that we put out each year, where we pick 12 targets who aren't necessarily the worst of the worst, but who are involved in facilitating pornography and exploitation. Some of them are surprising to you. Hilton Hotels, Verizon, Facebook, the Department of Justice, for example, is on that list. But we've had quite a lot of success in getting these companies to change. Um, we got Verizon to stop offering child-themed pornography last year. We met with Hilton Hotel executives last week, and they let us know that they're moving in a direction to phase out pornography. Not quite yet but it's, it seems like it's moving in that way. We got um, the U.S. Army and Air Force to stop selling pornography on their bases. We got Google to get rid of pornography in their app store and pornographic ads. And all of this really is because we're getting a lot of people joining together, signing petitions, making calls, making complaints together with us. And so um, that's really, I think, our little niche in this fight. And and I, I'd love to just, I want to yell from the rooftops to everybody who feels lonely and like this is just such an overwhelming problem in darkness, that really when we just speak up and try, there's a lot of success often coming from it. Amen, amen. That's so exciting. You have to be the poster girl for this whole process. That has to be very encouraging for our listeners today, just what one person can do, one act of obedience, one YouTube video, and look out. Wow. Uh, Well, I was so impressed in meeting you and just the fact that God's anointed you to be such a tremendous mobilizer. And you're only 29 years old. You don't look like you would be attacking these big giants and coming against them. I love that term, a strong hand in a velvet glove. And I think, Don, you epitomize uh, that term there. I don't think they see you coming, <laughs> and that's a good thing. Uh, I've done interviews before where people have gone undercover to expose pedophilia and the horrors of that. And pornography is so pervasive in our society today. I'm reminded of that scripture that says that your women will be ravaged in the streets and raping is going on. And it's we're getting so desensitized, it seems, in the media. Is there a target group in the media that you would like to have come alongside you to help you in your efforts, or are they staying silent? Well, we don't have a particular target group. We have the entire media that we're going after. Largely, for years, the media has been kind of joking about pornography. They push it under the rug, and if they do talk about it, they joke about it. 
Um, and, and also they, they talk about horrific aspects of sexual exploitation, but they don't tie them together. They don't tell the whole story. And so one of our major goals here at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation is to, is to really have an aggressive outreach to the media. And what we've seen just in, um, in the last year is that they're starting to change largely major news outlets. They're starting to change their rhetoric and messaging from joking about pornography to the fact that pornography is a public health crisis. And, um, you know, it's it's especially helpful when people locally write their local newspapers and, and correct them on stories or it asks them to cover these issues because we're seeing that, that that is helping to change the perception in the media, which then changes the perception in the public because we often just buy what they say. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Don Hawkins, Vice President of the newly named National Center on Sexual Exploitation, NCSE, formerly known as Morality in Media. You can learn more about Don and the NCSE's impactful and groundbreaking work by going to endsexualexploitation.org or cosmoharmsminers.com. And from there, be directed to a host of sites combating sexual exploitation wherever it is found. Don, thank you for taking the time to share just a little of your own story and the horrific stats of industries preying on our youth and what we can do to effectively stop it. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.